You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. In case you're just joining us, the Washington football team is going to have a big announcement on February 2nd, and it has to do with uh, their nickname, also their identity. I don't know what that means. Is their identity attached to their nickname? It used to be the Redskins, of course. Now the Washington football team, as Seton just pointed out to me, that's Groundhog's Day. Maybe they just stay with the Washington football team. I don't think they can go back to the Redskins. Let's put it that way. They may like to, but uh, that's not going to happen. But Maybe the Was- they're going to be the Washington Groundhogs. Oh. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Washington football team on 2-2-22 on NBC, the Today Show. The Punxsutawneys. <laughs> yes, Paul. It would be fair, though, to Washington fans because every year feels like the previous year if you're a fan of that team. Hey, we got some talent. We've added some new players. We sent some money. And we're just shy of being a quality football team. But it says that they're going to announce their identity and their nickname. Right. What does that mean, your identity? We know what your identity is. You're trying to change your identity. I don't know if you can go, and we shouldn't be known as a crappy football team anymore. And our new nickname is the Armada. These are our core values. <laughs> core values. In our new identity yeah. as a team, these are our core values and beliefs. Yes. Here's our mission statement from Dan Snyder. Identity. 877-3DP-SHOW. It does say that, right? It does. Uh, name and identity. <laughs> what, are they going to play another sport? Are they going to take up volleyball? See if that works out. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. I don't know if we have a poll question yet. We were so busy in the first hour. Todd? We've got a poll special. If you could start your franchise with one QB from the 2004 draft, you're going with Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, or Big Ben. Okay. I would go with Big Ben. Then I would go with Philip Rivers. Then I'd go with Eli Manning. They're probably all three Hall of Famers. Ben certainly is. Eli with the two wins against the Patriots. Phillip with uh, an accumulation of numbers there. Probably going to be a Hall of Famer. But, I, yeah, I'd go Ben, Phillip Rivers, and then uh, Eli Manning. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP Show. Say good morning. Good morning to uh, those on chat row. And uh, those with our audience, our streaming partner, Peacock, and Fox Sports Radio. Nearly 400 cities around America carrying this program. We'll check in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is there a reason why we don't have any finality on Antonio Brown? And from what I'm told, I think the Buccaneers would like to suspend Antonio Brown. They're trying to make sure that they're not going to get a salary cap hit or that they're going to allow him to play for another team. But the NFL Players Association is involved in this. And the language here of, is it conduct detrimental? Could they suspend him? I don't know if you could cut somebody during a game, but it feels like there's still some uh, questions to be answered. We'll uh, talk to Rick Stroud, who covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay uh, Times. He'll join us a little bit later on. We have football, college football coming up tonight. LSU versus Kansas State. It's the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Texas doesn't have income tax, does it? But they're going to have the Tax Act 
It's funny. Texas. Sponsorship placement. I know. Yes, Paulie. Remember the story she used to tell us about your dad and sent you and your brothers around the fire watching the Tax Act? Yeah. Texas Bowl as a kid? Oh, great memories. Good times. Fond memories. Oh, didn't have many memories with my father, but that was one that we would sit around oh. and they'd watch the Tax Act Texas Bowl. I'm sorry to bring that up. I know it's painful. Yeah, it is. LSU versus Kansas State coming up tonight. Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams enters the transfer portal. We uh, spent too much time on that first hour, from what I'm told. Basically open for business here because my source said Bryce Young from Alabama made $1.3 million last year. Yes, Eden. I just it blows my mind that this is where we are in, in college football. No. And I'm I'm happy about it. I'm not complaining by any means. But what a difference in I mean, how long has the transfer portal been a thing? Three years? Yeah. I mean, think about the what a swing, what a change in culture for college football in three years. That's insane. And and what is happening is you'll see, uh, you know, the Georgia Tech running back who went to Alabama. And I was told the day before it happened that, hey, this kid is really good, but he would never have been able to transfer to Alabama. And uh, and I apologize. I don't remember his name, but I was told I think he was all ACC his freshman year. And now he, he's going to go to Alabama. You just have it's almost this game of chess where you're going, oh, I could go here. And I could go here. Jameer Gibbs? Yep. Okay. Georgia Tech. Yeah, I think he was a, all ACC as a freshman, but you know now he's going to Alabama. And, and, and it's just, it's not just quarterbacks. I think we, we get caught up in its quarterbacks. Well, it's coaches, first of all. Coaches go into the transfer portal. We don't call it that. We call it taking another job. Well, that's what these football players are doing. They're just going, you know what? I want to go here. Now, do I like it? No, but I understand it. And if Caleb Williams went to Oklahoma for Lincoln Riley, and then all of a sudden Lincoln Riley goes, then should he have the right to be able to go someplace else? And I know coaches rail on it. Well, coaches rail on it because they want control of everything. And you you don't have control anymore. The NCAA doesn't have control anymore. Yes, Paulie. I had the transfer portal list. It's fascinating. Remember the kid we talked about, Quinn Ewers, who left high school early, which is always fascinating, to go to Ohio State. He's now at Texas. Caleb Williams, who had the job to himself at Oklahoma, is now the biggest free agent in college football history. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, who was at UCF doing well, slides into Oklahoma. No, but he went to UCLA for – he was on campus yesterday. He he was there for less time than uh, Cliff Kingsbury was at USC (laughs) as offensive coordinator. (laughs) Keaton Slovis, who people loved at USC, is now at Pitt. Uh, you can go on and on. Bo Nix, who was the savior at Auburn a few years ago, is now at Oregon. I know. Yeah. And usually what you do is follow the coaching tree. If somebody was with that quarterback on that staff, chances are if they got a job or promotion, then they might follow them. So it makes that transition a little bit easier. Yes, Eden. Is it going to be more difficult to tell which quarterbacks are talented moving forward? With everybody jumping around. Meaning? Meaning that if you, you get a chance to watch somebody in a system or something and you could get to see what they're, what they're good at and what they're not great at. But if they jump from you know, Auburn to Oklahoma to UCLA, are you going to get a, good, a better read on them? Well, at least I have a little bit more of a sample size. It's harder to assess, I think, these guys who have talent for one year at Oklahoma, talent one year at Ohio State talent one year at Alabama. 
you're just not quite sure. And that's where if I get a couple of years in a system, feels like I have a better read on somebody. Um, but yeah, they're going to be bouncing around and playing in different systems. And, you know, it might be a little bit harder to assess just how good they are. But they want playing time. Uh, you want name, image, and likeness. You want to capitalize on that as well. And, and now it's, it's a free marketplace. It, you're open for business here. And I think that's what Caleb, Caleb Williams may go back to Oklahoma, but my gut feeling is he's not. If Dylan Gabriel was at UCLA for a day and then transfers to Oklahoma, I'm going to guess you're not transferring to Oklahoma to sit behind Caleb Williams for the next two seasons unless you knew something. Yeah, see. But who's to say that all of a sudden Notre Dame doesn't come up with $5 million and be like, you want to play here? There's uh, this sponsorship for you. Notre Dame doesn't do that kind of stuff. But now with the name, with NIL, you can. It's perfectly above board. We'll put your face on the Golden Dome. Oh. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah, Paul. Can you imagine being a college coach now compared to 10 years ago? You have to recruit for years a high school kid. <laughs> then you have to keep him. And then you have to re-recruit the transfer portal. So you gotta, uh, you, you're a head coach. All you're hearing from your assistants is, now this guy might be available. Do I have to call him? Do I have to go to his house? Now he's a sophomore at Texas, blah, blah, blah. Man. It just doesn't stop. It never stops. Because once you recruit, now you got to sort of wait to poach with uh, the transfer portal. Because you, and you have to worry about your players, too. Like, are you, are you happy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, are you really happy? Yeah. Yeah. I was told by a source, there's so much tampering going on with you know the transfer portal and name image and likeness but there's no rules they there there's no governing body to say hey we're watching you i mean there used to be the ncaa but that you know you can tamper i mean that's what's going on and i do understand that part of it if i'm a coach and somebody says hey you know you, you like how things are going uh, at that school uh yeah well we, we do have this, and, and, and we can offer you this, but that's what's going on. They're trying to poach. Yeah, Fritzy. And how do parents process all this? You know, the, there's already been lying that's gone on over the years. Now it's even worse. Oh, you're gonna, you want my kid until tomorrow or next Thursday when that quarterback or that wide receiver is available from another school. So. Well, now you can get paid legally. You just have to pay taxes on it. That's all. Yeah, see. That's why I love... Like, just seeing everybody on Instagram. Somebody just sent me an Instagram from Kentucky player. Proud to have my NIL deal with uh, Porsche of Kentucky. And here he is with a $150,000 car or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> all it takes. It's wild. That's wonderful. They've taken out all the great recruiting right. stories. You know? Eric Dickerson and SMU and Texas A&M. The gold uh, Trans Am. You know, when I had the Tennessee story, when I said that they were paying the uh, recruits in McDonald's bags, I mean, those things are, that's gone. You know, you get a happy meal and a happier meal because you got money in the bag there. But that's, that's gone. Oh, I miss the good old days when you could give people money under the table. Yes, Paul. Remember a couple, I mean, about a year ago, we had Rex Chapman on, the former Kentucky star, who was a star yeah. in, at age 18, 19. And you asked him how much he could have made if NIL was legal back then. Yeah. He goes, well, I did pretty well without it. <laughs> <laughs> but he would, if it was legal, Rex was household name at 19. I, I still remember a story of uh, somebody I played against. And uh, he said that, you know, he was 
recruited by Kentucky. And uh, they took him to the racetrack. And he didn't know anything about horses. And he said, it doesn't matter. He, he said, you're going to be a winner. <laughs> and he came home with a uh, Mercedes-Benz two-seater. It was at that uh, 450, 450 SL. I've been to a lot of racetracks. I usually <laughs> won like 14 bucks. I just remember he showed up in a Mercedes two-seater. And I go, damn, where'd you get that? And he goes, uh, school went to the racetrack. The horse I, came in. <laughs> I Yeah, how much horsepower you got in there? <laughs> uh, it'll probably come in the same, you know, got some winners next year as uh, well. All right. Uh, we'll get the phone calls coming up. And uh, we got our poll question, I believe. And uh, we'll check in with the Buccaneers. Is Big Ben done? I got to believe he's done done. It certainly looked like that last night. Drew Brees had a job waiting. NBC held that job for Drew Brees. He decided to play one more year. Um, I think the Steelers maybe wanted to move on after this last season, but I think Ben gave them an offer that they couldn't refuse. I still wonder if they're going to look back and go, we should have taken a quarterback. You know, we, we, we should have done something last year instead of bringing Ben back. But... They got Najee Harris with their first-round draft pick, and he's rushed for 1,100 yards. But father time still affects quarterbacks. Now, don't let Tom Brady fool you. Ben, in his final years, uh, certainly not what we remember. But it, it, was, it was nice last night to see him have a good send-off against a divisional rival that he dominates. He's never lost to the Cleveland Browns at home in the regular season. And they did lose in the postseason. But he's 13-0 against Cleveland. Terry Bradshaw was 11-0 uh, regular season against the Browns. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's pretty impressive that Terry never lost to the Browns. Brett Favre was 18-0 at home against the Lions. That's the most wins at home regular season opponent without a loss. A little late, a little late on the trigger there. Thought I had a good one. Okay. All right. Okay. Stat of the day. Here is uh, Big Ben after the uh, win last night. Heinz Field is so special to me. Uh, you know, just like this city is. And even you guys, for the most part. I, I, I am I'm very thankful and blessed to, to, have, to call this home. And um, so thank you to all the fans and everybody. In case you were wondering, is that his last home game there? He did the Cal Ripken victory lap, and I said, yes, this is his last one. Everybody was sort of, you know, very careful, parsing their words as this could be, it might be his final home game. I think everybody knew, but there was nothing official here. Unless you're saying, well, could Ben play for somebody else next year, and then you would have a game against Pittsburgh. But I can't see that happening. Uh Maybe he's got a broadcasting job. There's certainly reports that, you know, Ben might be able to slip into a studio show. Uh, maybe the booth. I don't know. I don't know what his, you know, short-term, long-term goals are. Yeah, Paul. It's a really awkward thing for the Steelers because the Steelers can't address this. They can't say, yes, this is his last home game because that means we're letting him go. And we're, we're declaring that we're moving on. They're trying to be respectful to his legacy. It's like you said earlier, it, it's the secret everyone knows. And it's, it's probably been talked about internally. And we are all agreeing to do this in a polite way as you bow out. We'll get to phone calls coming up. We'll check in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the strategy behind the Antonio Brown situation. 
what the Buccaneers are trying to do and not do. Have that for you coming up next. 17 after the hour, Dan Patrick Show. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn, which is amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover, which means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. We were just discussing if we want to uh, do Powerball. Is that what it is? Powerball? Yeah, yeah. There's two of them, right? A Powerball is up to like, it's like 574 or something like that. Some crazy number. I like how you get to a certain point and then you're going to play Powerball. Like at what point do you go, okay, now I'll do Powerball. Like 100 million? I ain't doing it. We got up to a silly, I didn't even know about it. But you guys want to go all in? Five bucks a man. Five in, bucks a man? In advance. Okay. And you have to have cash. It can't be one of those where you go, hey, I, I want to be in on this. Because I always hear about those factory workers sometimes where, you know, like 11 of the 12 put in money and then the 12th goes, well, but I was going to. Yes. Yeah, now, the question is, we have some uh, backroom guys who are not in. If they put in the money, then they can get in. But if they don't put in the then money. They, then they're not in. We don't even just uh, like peel off a little. No. Or a okay. share of a share of a share. No. Yeah, what if the people who are out share a share? That's a great idea by Paul. What if I front the, the guys who you are can out? Do that. I'll front their cash, but I get half their cash. Oh, Well, snap. that's up to you, your negotiations, your agreement with them. All right. But yeah, five bucks a man, and it's a half a billion dollars? Yeah, a little over. 575. Okay. All right. Now, if we win, I know one tall, skinny guy who went to Dartmouth will be really upset. Oh. You think Michael? <laughs> Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And the winner of the Powerball, the Dan Patrick Show, minus McLovin. Hey, guys. Uh, Rick Stroud covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times. He's got a great gig. There's always something going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Rick kind enough to join us. Rick, how's morale today in Tampa? Um, It's good, I guess. I mean, unless you're Tom Brady, maybe you're a little depressed. But, um, you know, look, I, overall, this – we all kind of knew how this would end, right? Maybe not ripping your clothes off, you know, to your to your waist, but we, we did know that at some point Antonio Brown um, was going to have a meltdown, and it, it was sad to see on national television. But um, you know, this this seemed to be inevitable to me. I just don't understand Tom saying yes. Need we need to show compassion? He needs help. Did he need help prior to what happened on Sunday, Rick? We've we've covered. We're enablers here. Let's not let's yes. not dance around this. We're enablers. I, I, you're a hundred percent right. And, and Tom Brady is the guy that stuck his neck out and said, "No, I I want this guy here. I care about him." You know, he's coming off the eight game suspension last year. Um, you know, we heard about anger management and Tony Robbins. Is he a changed guy? And he moves him into his house. So I mean, Tom, as much as anybody. If he was worried about his mental health, I don't think putting a guy on a football field, um, you know, is the way to do it. He was there because he could still make plays. 
And, and you know, that's the only reason. And we are, we're all sort of enablers in that, in that sense. And, and, you know, he's had this pattern for the last three or four years. He wears out his welcome in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm not loved here. I want to go to the Raiders. And then oh, I get in a fight under my helmet in it. You know, now I'm going to go someplace else. And he was, you know, great last year for, for a little while. And, and now we have this situation. So I don't, I don't know about the mental health aspect of this. I'm not, I'm not in that field. Um, I, I just know that there's a lot of words to describe Antonio Brown, you know, and I've heard them all. He's a narcissist, selfish, destructive, um, you know, a bully at times. I mean, there's, there's lots of words to describe him. Uh, and, I, and I just think that, you know, playing him right now, if you're truly worried about his mental health, that's, that's probably not the best place for him to be. I also wonder about the strategy when I realized that, you know, you had Bruce Arians saying he's not a Buccaneer anymore. And I went, well, I don't know if he's technically not a Buccaneer, officially not a Buccaneer. But if you're looking at salary cap, you're looking at could he potentially play for somebody else in the postseason? So what, what exactly is happening with the Buccaneers and Antonio Brown? Well, they're consulting with the National Football League about their options, about what procedures they can actually use. If it was as simple as, hey, we don't want him on our team, we're releasing him, that could have happened yesterday, yeah. and it didn't, okay? And, and, and I suspect the reason it didn't happen is because, because we're past the trade deadline, he's subject to waivers, and he could wind up on a playoff team playing against them. And it's kind of ironic, right? You don't want the guy, but you don't want him to beat you. Um, so, you know, there's going to be a grievance here. You, they, the Bucks can feel it. That's why Bruce Arians isn't saying a lot about the conversation he had on the sideline. AB's camp is saying that he was injured, that he didn't want to go back in the game because of his ankle. Um, that's not really what Bruce Arians is subscribing to. So, but what he did after that fact, the fact that he, you know, they didn't put him back in the game, but his antics on the field, taking off his uniform, running through the end zone, leaving the stadium, that's conduct detrimental. Okay. And, and I suspect that that's probably where they'll fall. They, maybe they can put him on some suspended list. Maybe not pay him. That's up to them. Um, but my guess is if they wanted to just get rid of him and release him and make him available to the rest of the NFL, that would have happened by now. It, it doesn't help his argument when he's dancing in the end zone claiming that he has an injured ankle here, Rick. <laughs> yeah, he's doing jumping jacks yeah. and, you know, throwing things to the fans and, yeah, all of that. And, I mean, and even now, right, like he's – He's still stuck in New York for all I know. It's 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 like home alone. They left Kevin or something, you know. He's at the Brooklyn Nets game. It's like, you know, uh, I'm not sure he's had a change of clothes. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, what's going on. But, uh, yeah, if he was that injured, I, I'm with you. He seemed to be running pretty well up until the point where he didn't go back into the game and it didn't stop him on the way out of the stadium. Bigger picture here, the Buccaneers going into the postseason. Last year, they had a ton of momentum. They were healthy. Everything was, you know, ahead of schedule here. Uh, yeah. Handicap the Buccaneers now as they got one more regular season game. Well, they're pretty handicapped offensively, and now they got uh, injuries again on the defense. I mean, both Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, who's a big piece of what they do on defense, Levante David, uh, those two guys, Barrett and David, will probably come back. But to what degree, how, how effective they'll be, we don't know. Um, you know, look, I would say this, that, and, and Bruce Arian said it, as long as you have Tom Brady, he just has a way of figuring out the puzzle, right? They have other options. Um, you know, they still have three tight ends. Gronkowski has played well if he can stay healthy. They've got Cam Brake 
in the red zone. O.J. Howard, we haven't seen most of the season, but we know he can be a problem for some teams. This Cyril Grayson has been one of the best stories in the NFL, a guy that didn't play college football because he ran track at LSU, now making all these plays. They still have Brashard Perriman. Scotty Miller we haven't seen. We remember the big plays he made. So I would not say that they don't have any playmakers. Leonard Fournette may come back. Let's see if they can get all this together. Um, they're continuing to build some momentum, I think, and uh, they got a couple weeks to figure it out. If they can get a home game or two, uh, again, I, it would not surprise me if you saw Tom back in the championship game. It's assumed that he's Brady is back next year in Tampa, correct? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's under contract, right? He, he did this thing, but he can get out of it. It's, there's not like a, a ton of cap you know, penalties if he doesn't play. Um, two things will decide it. And, and one is, how does he feel health-wise? And he said, unless he suffers some injury, um, he thinks he can play till he's 50. But the biggest thing is just his family. You know, what, and Giselle says every year, have you had enough? And, but the reality is, is that he's got three kids now that are of the age where they're doing things um, you know, outside of the, of the home, and, and they have sacrificed a lot for him. But I can't see him playing more than one more year, Dan. I think 45, for whatever reason, seems to be a weird number that's stuck in his head. Um, does he walk away if they win? And, 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 but he could win three in a row and no one's done that. Um, does, if they get to the championship and he thinks they can win again next year, does he, it's, hard to, it's hard to really fathom. But like, I know this about the greatest players in sport, they seem to be the ones that don't know when to leave the party, yeah. right? Like the vacuum cleaners are going, the lights are on. They're still there, man. They're still at the bar. So I, I don't know what, what Tom Brady will do, but I, I think he'll be back next year. I was on a town hall Zoom call with him with some other media members and i said to him about that moment that i had when i left espn and part of the reason was i was going to miss out on my kids you know i have three daughters and my oldest uh, is a son and my wife said they're going to be all out of the house and i was turning 50 and i said to tom you know are you worried that you're going to wake up one day and the kids are going to be out of the house and yeah. and it got him emotional like he because i th- it's there and yeah. i think giselle saying a couple of years ago about how tom has had concussions nobody had ever talked about tom having concussions but it feels like it's that tug of war there of i want to continue to play and but then your kids kind of go on without you and then you try mm-hmm. to get you dive back into their lives and you could tell where He's going to have that tug of war, you know, if he decides to play a couple more years. Yeah, I think he's having it right now as a father. I understand that. I, I do think, though, um, you know, at least with, with respect to his oldest son, he had him in training camp last year. He's been down a number of times for practice. Um, you know, those kids are also old enough to appreciate and enjoy his career. Um, you know, so I, I'm not going to say, hey, Dad, you know, let's go win another Super Bowl. And, and it's okay if you miss all my basketball games, but they know it's at the end too. And I think they know how much it means to him. He said something that when he got the Sports Illustrated Man of the Year Award that resonated with me, he said, I have to be comfortable sitting on the couch watching other guys play on a Sunday going, I know I'm better than that <laughs> effort. You know what I mean? And he's going to be better than three-fourths of them even at age 45. <laughs> so that's the toughest thing, man, is that he knows he can still do it. Rick, great to talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Thanks, Sam. That's Rick Stroud, covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times, host of Sports Day Tampa Bay podcast as well. Yeah, it just dawned on me, you know, we just assume, well, Brady will be back next year. 
not even a topic for a guy who's 44 years of age. Ben's retiring. Bree's retired. Philip Rivers retired. Brady, yeah, of course, he'll continue to play. You want to continue to play when you're successful, you're healthy, it's fun. Well, he's successful, healthy. Is it still fun with everything that's going on? Will it be? They probably are going to meet up with the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs. Now, you might say, well, it's the Eagles. The Eagles are a tricky team. Not a great team. Not a very good. Dan Orlovsky said they are a uh, dangerous team. And they're non-traditional. And I looked at what the Jets did against the Buccaneers. They ran the football. The Eagles run the football. I know we're a long way away from that. Maybe they match up with somebody else. But it, it's, it's not a given that we look at Tampa Bay and go, yep, I'm just going to rubber stamp them into the title game. I, I, I would not bet against Brady, but I, I'm certainly leaning towards betting against Tom Brady. Anybody want a piece of that? Like in the NFC to go yeah. to the Super Bowl? Yeah. You would take the rest of the NFC? I would, the... Well, I took the Packers All right. to start the year. So that's smart to stick with. Yeah. Yeah, stay with the Packers. But I, I just don't – Tampa doesn't look formidable. Now, you always had the Tom Brady element there. But if I take Brady out of the element, then you're going to beat Tampa Bay. If the Jets did what they're supposed to do, they take Brady out of the element, and then he can't beat them. And I think the, the Eagles can rush for 200 yards, control the clock. You don't have Godwin. You don't have Antonio Brown. Gronk is hit or miss. You got Evans, Brait. You know, you're just, it's, I don't know about Fournette. The defense, the defense won the Super Bowl last year. Plain and simple. The defense did. But are you going to have that defense? Are they going to be ready to go on the road if you have to go to Greenback? I, I don't know. I mean, Brady doesn't mind the weather, but I, I just, I look at Tampa right now and say it's deeply flawed. But then Dallas is flawed. The Rams are flawed. Arizona is flawed. Green Bay, to me, is, is going to be the most ready team. You get a bye, everybody healthy, defensive players back. It just feels like you know they're the team to beat. And I still think the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah, Paul. On the Manning cast last night, they were talking to Aaron Rodgers about the cold in Green Bay. And I think Eli said, you're from California. How do you get used to the cold? He goes, no, 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 you don't get used to the cold. But you're sitting there when it's 12 degrees thinking – that guy's way colder than I am. Yeah. That team that's coming in here is way colder than I am. And, it, and mentally, it makes you think, like, ah, I'm tougher because these guys are in worse shape. When I talk to somebody in Los Angeles, they'll go, uh, God, it's cold. I said, oh, my God, how cold is it? It's, it's like going to get maybe in the, uh, the lower 60s. And I go, <laughs> God, thoughts and prayers. I'm there with you. And then they'll go, what? well, how cold is it where you are? And I'll go, I think it's around 31. Oh, my God, how do you survive? And I go, but I grew up in this. I grew up in Ohio. This is, this is normal. Yeah, Paul. But there's always someone who lives in a colder environment. I had friends who, my, <laughs> I had relatives who lived in Minnesota, and I lived in Chicago. They're like, come on, man. They, they laugh at people from Chicago complaining about the cold because they lived in, like, Bemidji, <laughs> Minnesota, where that's way up north. Like, that's what drives me nuts. It's like 18 degrees is still cold no matter where you are. It's still 18 degrees. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but I walked outside today and I go, all right, got my attention. Yeah. If somebody <laughs> if somebody from Los Angeles walked outside, they go, what, what what's happening in the world? What? 
Oh my god! Puffy jackets. Yes, (laughs) it's sixty. It seems like old guys get used to cold. Well, you'll be up in Vermont. You'll see an old guy with like a t-shirt and overalls on. It's four. And you always got the guy behind the bar in cold weather cities, and he's got shorts on. (laughs) Just for some reason, it's like, yep. Yeah, see. That was uh, when I was a mailman. There was always a contest to see who could oh. keep wearing their shorts longest into the year. And there was this one dude, Merle, who uh, he was from San Diego. You actually, don't mess with Merle. You, uh, you know what? Let me tell you something. All right, you do not mess with Merle. But he uh, he would wear them all year. He would go straight through. And he was from San Diego. We're like, dang, dude. My nephew lives in uh, North Dakota, and he just sends me a picture of the temperature sometimes. <laughs> What is considered the coldest state? Like Maine, North Dakota, Minnesota, Alaska, Alaska. Alaska. But is Alaska kind of like grandfathered out? Because so it's Alaska so and Hawaii, we we grandfather them out. <laughs> out. Man, it feels like it gets cold in like Wyoming, Idaho, Montana. When there's nothing around, and you know, when the wind comes through, and you know, there's no houses, there's no trees. There's, it's like, man, this is this is cold. When I, when we were in Minnesota for the Super Bowl. This is many, many, many years ago. <laughs> and I remember going outside, and it's one of those where I had to go outside, but I didn't want to go outside. And I'm with some people, and, you know, I, I thought, you know, I got to be, uh, I got to show them leadership here. And your nostrils are freezing. And, and then that's why they have buildings connected in Minnesota, so you don't have to go outside. That's how you know a place is cold, when yes. they have an, inter, an inside <laughs> web of hallways to walk through the entire city oh. where you don't ever have to go out of the building. Yeah. I went ice fishing. That was when I went ice fishing with Chip Miller In Minnesota, they just call it fishing, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they just leave out there. It's assumed. But we went ice fishing, and uh, Chip Miller was the field goal kicker for the Washington Redskins, and uh, he was from Minnesota. And I remember going, and it was unbelievably cold. Like where it wanted to, you wanted to cry. Yes, Todd. Was it worth the experience to go through that? We, did you have any fun? Or you... Well, I had to do it. It was a. Oh, you just I, had I, to do I was it. doing a story on Chip Lowe Miller. Yeah, it was involuntary. Where I sure, go? Sure, let's go out. Nothing to do ice... today. Let's go out and uh, go ice fishing. Have a picnic. By the way, ice fishing—that's a big scam, because if you, <laughs> if you've been in the the cabins. They got cable, they got heaters, they got liquor, they got refrigerators. For some reason, they have refrigerators there. <laughs> and then you have just a hole in the ice, and then you just sit around, smoke cigars. You can park your truck on the lake, you know? Lake Minnetonka. Yes, Paulie? I have, if you want to, I know we got a break. I have the coldest state in America based off research. Like right now, today? or Traditionally, oh, historically. Traditionally. Okay. Coldest state in America traditionally. Now, are we taking Alaska out? Alaska's out. Okay. Because they're like, they're laughing at us. Okay. Our Fairbanks affiliate, they're laughing at us. I'm going to go North Dakota. Seton? Uh, I'm going to go Minnesota. Minnesota. Also, I'm getting texts from people in Los Angeles showing me their thermostat or the temperature it's 39 degrees right now okay prayers thoughts and prayers that is pretty cold though for ellen yes it is uh todd i'm gonna say wisconsin wisconsin we're gonna take a break paulie will give the answer coming up right after this 
When was the last time you seriously considered your dream? Where you wake up the next day and you go, man, I was dreaming about hitting the road, van life, totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Well, maybe you're not thinking about that Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, but you should because you can tour around the country in style. There's 423 national park sites. Maybe you just want to go off the grid, Mercedes-Benz van. So you can expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist, blind spot assist, expect performance and reliability with that MBUX voice command system. They have a five-star dealer network and available gas engine. So you could get your very own Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, but you can also enter the DP Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes, the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode 4x4 by Storyteller Overland. Go to danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com for a chance to win this van. danpatrick.com. You have to do so by February 2nd. Your dream is waiting. Some equipment described as optional. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Fired. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This program brought to you by the great folks at Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, engineered to be ready for any- anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership. Ta-da! A couple of phone calls here. Uh, before the break, we were uh, wondering, what is the coldest state in America? I said, now, we took Alaska out of the equation. I took North Dakota. Fritzy took Wisconsin. Wisconsin and Seton took Minnesota. Paulie, the answer is? I was going to guess Maine, but that was going to be my guess before I clicked on it. Here we go. The coldest state in America, based off yearly average temperatures in winter, in winter, mm-hmm. North Dakota. Hello. Minnesota's number two. Mm-hmm. Maine, number three. Mm. Wisconsin, Vermont, South Dakota, New Hampshire, Montana. Not mm. that cold huh. in Wyoming. Really? Now, here's one. Okay. Coldest state in winter, in, in summer where it doesn't never warms up. Wyoming is second to Alaska, then Idaho, Maine, and Oregon. Huh. But the coldest state year-round, uh, removing Alaska, is North Dakota. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you been to Wyoming? I've been through Wyoming. Been through. I bet a lot of people could say they've been through Wyoming, but I don't know if people stop. It's like one of those places that touring bands never go to. I went to a rodeo once in Sheridan, Wyoming. While I was driving through, we stopped and watched a rodeo, and it was hmm. really good. I'd like to go there. Well, I've been watching Yellowstone, so oh, I'm, mm. I'm ready to go to Montana. Get yourself a ranch. Yeah. I've got the coldest cities in America. What, Todd? That's not why they call it Wyoming. Like, why would you go there? I don't want to upset anybody in the lovely state of Wyoming. I was curious. But why did you say that then? Because we were talking about like going through Wyoming as opposed to actually spending quality time there. It's kind of a place you go through to get to where you're actually going. What's colder? The response I'm getting to my little joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew where you were yeah. going with that. Okay, thank you, Todd. 
Uh, Nathan in Los Angeles. Hey, Nate, what's on your mind today? Happy New Year, Dan and Dennis. How are you? Uh, great, Nate. What's on your mind? So, so, as a fan of Todd's, I feel for him sometimes when things make him look bad that are beyond his control. And when I saw the Mannings talking to Roger Goodell, when it was the first time they probably ever asked him to be on his show, on their show, <laughs> that felt bad. Because that's beyond his control, but apparently the Mannings have more stroke than he ever had. Oh, absolutely. And blame it on me, Nathan. And thanks for the phone call. The reason why the commissioner doesn't come on the show is me. I appreciate the sentiment, though. And you would think I would pull more weight just from a LB standpoint. No, you do. But it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, you do. Yeah, yes, you do. Yes, Seaton. Do you know why because of you? No. Isn't that funny? Um, I stopped worrying about it. Yeah, Paulie. It's a strategy. I, I, to be quite transparent, I think commissioners of some of these sports, they want to appear to be transparent in doing interviews with the media, but they want a setting that might not provide questions that are tough to deal with. Yeah. And there are some shows, no offense, that will provide an easier seat than others. You know, it doesn't mean we're Mike Wallace every second, but we are a tougher seat. But I don't want to have the commissioner on unless I can ask questions that the audience is going to care about. It's it's one of those where the ego of this, hey, we had the commissioner on. What did he say? Nothing. Well, then I don't want him on. I would I would rather have a guest on who's going to give this audience. I mean, I, I serve as a conduit from the guest to the audience. That's it. That's the role I should play. But if the commissioner doesn't want to come on, then that's okay. I mean, it, it's almost better that he doesn't want to come on. I'm fine with that. A uh, couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Sean in Florida. Sean's been holding a while. Uh, Sean, thanks for holding. Uh, what's on your mind? Hey, and pleasure to talk to you. I'm, I'm wondering if you could spearhead a campaign to get Reggie Bush's Heisman back since this whole college money thing is off the table. Well, that's like saying, can we get Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame because there's gambling now in baseball? But I, I understand what you're saying, Sean. You know, Reggie made the mistake just like Antonio Brown made a mistake. You know, when you don't pay somebody, chances are those people might talk to somebody and then make matters worse. Um, Reggie earned the Heisman Trophy on the football field. There's no doubt about that. But with what happened and the fallout, I mean, I feel worse for what happened to USC after that, not Reggie Bush, because Reggie still went on to have a you know, very good pro career. And he's, you know, in broadcasting right now. But um, I don't know if one day they give it back to him. But I have people who will say that occasionally about Pete Rose. Hey, you can gamble on baseball now. Okay, Pete was in a position where he could manipulate what was going to happen in the game you were betting on. Right? It's like if you go, hey, um, you know, the speed limit is changed now. You can go 80 on some highways. Well, I got a ticket from eight years ago where they pulled me over for going 70. It doesn't work that way. You can't go, hey, it's 80 now. I should be able to get my money back. I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but it'll close out, close out this second hour. All right. Coming that, up. That was actually a pretty good analogy. Thanks, Todd. If you're saying it is. I know. Maybe it's not. Then. Yeah, I don't want you co-signing on anything. Sorry about that. All right. Final hour coming up. Anything else to say, Todd? Nah, I'll keep quiet for That's now. That's good.
One more item as we close out Hour 2. We love Panini trading cards. You get the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats, only one place to collect them all. Panini Trading Cards, the official trading card partner of the NFL. They've got Contenders, Prism, Donruss, National Treasures, the iconic brands. You get instant classic trading cards, the most popular players in the sport, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts. There's something for everyone in Panini America packs. And more than just the NFL, Panini is the exclusive home for the NBA, UFC, NASCAR, and collegiate trading cards. Some uh, rookies that you can keep an eye on. Joe Burrow and the Bengals visit Cleveland to face Baker Mayfield and the Browns week 18. Mac Jones and the Patriots go to Miami to take on Tua and the Dolphins. Patrick Mahomes coming off the loss to the Bengals. They're in Denver. Take on Drew Locke and the Broncos. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. That's PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show.